Welcome to STEM Force Podcast, Understanding Teen Minds, where we explore the world of teenage mental health, looking at everything from signs and symptoms to early intervention. STEM4 is a charity that promotes positive mental health in teenagers and those who support them. This includes their families and carers, education professionals, as well as school nurses and GPs. STEM4's mission is to foster the development of good mental health in teenagers by enhancing early understanding and awareness and providing mental health education and resilience strategies. Join us as we open up the conversation on young people's mental health. Hello and welcome to STEM4 Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Dr. Nahara Krause and I am the CEO and founder of STEM4, a teenage mental health charity based in London. I'm also a consultant clinical psychologist with many years experience in a variety of mental health settings, including eating disorders, and a passion for improving the mental health of our young people. In today's episode, we're going to look at body image and eating disorders in boys and young men. I'd like to start with a quote sent to us by a schoolboy in the east of England. They say, Some of us are genuinely struggling with something, but nine out of ten, you get told to man up. Now, this is particularly concerning when it comes to the field of eating disorders, because there is a worrying stereotype that eating disorders only occur in females. The fact is that one in three people struggling with an eating disorder is male. Disordered eating or subclinical conditions, including binge eating, purging, laxative abuse, excessive exercise, and fasting for weight loss, are just as common in both sexes. In fact, males account for approximately 20% of people with anorexia nervosa and 30% of people with bulimia nervosa. Studies also show that whilst females are more likely to have anorexia nervosa and bulimia nervosa, eating disorders in men or males most frequently involve binge eating. 43% of the population who have a binge eating disorder comprise of males. Now, whilst self-induced vomiting and laxative abuse are more typical amongst females, excessive exercising and fasting are more typical in males. In addition, between 55 to 77% of people with other specified feeding or eating disorders and 67% of people with Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder, or ARFID, comprise of males. So I will talk about each of these conditions specifically around Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder later. Now the concern is that because of this stereotype, far less boys and young men are likely to seek help for an eating disorder. In a survey of 1,000 boys and young men aged between 12 and 21 by STEM4, 
37% said they would be unwilling to ask for help. 46% said they would hesitate in asking for help. And 30% said that that was because they'd be worried that the people they asked for help would laugh at them. This type of comment uh, about what might be stopping young boys and men from reaching out was very prevalent in the views that we obtained. So it's even more important in eating disorders because there's a huge amount, um, uh, amount of embarrassment and shame. So clinicians need to take time to discuss and find out what might be going on. The main eating disorder diagnoses, anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, binge eating disorder, and other specified feeding and eating disorders remain the same in both sexes. However, a gender-sensitive approach in terms of the presentation of this condition and the intervention offered is important to keep in mind. So the young group of uh, boys and young men we surveyed said that they were worried about their body image um, as well as how much they ate and how much it impacted on them, but felt too embarrassed to come forward. So some of the gender-specific issues that you may want to ask about include taking a weight history, a trauma history, including sexual abuse, gender orientation, mood and depression, exercise and body image issues, chemical dependency, media pressures, as well as body dissatisfaction and muscle dysmorphia, the concern that one's body isn't muscular or lean enough. Studies show that males with eating disorders are prone to excessive exercise, increased anxiety, and substance misuse. Studies also include that the risk of mortality in males is higher than for females, so early intervention is essential, keeping in mind the different needs and dynamics of males. A higher proportion of LGBTQIA individuals also present uh, with higher rates of eating disorders as compared with heterosexual males. Body dysmorphic disorder is not an eating disorder, although it comes under that category. It is an obsessive compulsive disorder. However, muscle dysmorphia will focus quite significantly around body image and eating-related behaviours. People with body dysmorphic disorder often spend significant periods of time focusing on appearance concerns through behaviours such as mirror checking, excessive grooming and or comparing their appearance to others. This preoccupation can cause significant distress and can impact on day-to-day -day life. Some of the muscle dysmorphia compulsions include also spending many hours in the gym, squandering excessive amounts of money on supplements, abnormal eating patterns, or the use of steroids. So focusing on all of these areas and being able to work with the person presenting with these conditions to uh, reduce them and come off them completely is really important. 
Caring for this patient group is challenging. There is a need for a cohesive approach encompassing medical and psychological management, as well as to manage the person's ambivalence towards medical and psychological intervention. A multidisciplinary team approach and the use of guidelines can help with treatment. For GPs, the physiological needs of males with anorexia nervosa include monitoring growth delay, ensuring blood results are within the normal range, exploring the loss of sex drive, monitoring osteoporosis and checking up on cardiac health. Of the 1,000 boys and young men surveyed by STEM4, Positive steps that were suggested that would help them improve their mental health included offering young people regular mental health checkups. They said, like going to the dentist, safe places in which to ask for help, one to one treatment in which to speak to clinicians or therapists and not group sessions, better PSHE in schools not from a textbook, but practical guidance on how to ask for help, education for families on how to spot early signs of mental ill health and how to talk to their children and young people better, as well as faster access to treatment and recognition that loneliness was a real factor for boys and young men in contributing to eating and self, low self-esteem and that they were not as tough as they portrayed. So some of these um, in terms of um, offering better PSHE in school, for example, as well as education for families is provided by STEM4 and can be um, seen on our website. I've been asked a couple of questions. The first asks if there are any specific triggers to a boy developing an eating disorder. So many of the triggers that are present in females also will occur in boys. But some of the specifics include being bullied or criticised for being overweight, comments from an athletic coach about how weight or shape might be affecting their sporting performance, being in a sport which requires extreme weight control, illness and loss at home, a relationship breakdown where it's attributed that the physical or sexual kind of contribution of that young person might have contributed to the breakdown, not coping with various life pressures and being under extreme stress and as a result trying to control for one element which might be weight shape or indeed food and eating or a significant change such as a school change, a family change or a a career change which might not be being negotiated well. Second question is what we can do to support young men with muscle dysmorphia. So males with muscle dysmorphia are similar in their presentation to males with anorexia nervosa. They are likely to compare themselves more constantly and be critical to uh, males with muscles in the same way that someone with an eating disorder, anorexia nervosa, 
will constantly compare themselves to others who are thin or skinny. Uh, finding out about how they uh, manage their weight and their shape control practices will be helpful. Uh, their diet can be pure or very restricted, and they can become very obsessed on the quality of the food that they have. So these um, particular behaviors can be targeted in the same way that you might target other obsessive behaviors by encouraging um, change around uh, having some more flexibility around the inclusion of non-pure food groups, for example. It's important to check up for anabolic steroids or other hormones that might be being used to bulk up and to um, make sure that they follow a program to come off them, supporting them in terms of the side effects of that withdrawal. Uh, young people who also have this condition may cut out on vital groups of food and overdose on protein. So nutritional deficiencies are worth investigating, but also providing them with nutritional psychoeducation on things that they can do to make change. In addition, it's helpful to explore underlying causes for why the muscle dysmorphia might be there in particular. And if it's related to low self-esteem or self-worth, which is often a fundamental contributory factor to any eating disorder, then addressing that self-worth through following through with a psychological intervention, most commonly Cognitive behavioral work around building self-esteem and self-confidence can be very helpful, as can be certain self-help guides and digital support. So I hope you found today's episode helpful. If you did, then please do leave us a great review wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like more information or references, you can find a wealth of resources on our website at stemforward.org.uk. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn at stemforward.org. Links to our website and our five free apps, including the latest Worth Warrior app, which targets body image and eating disorders, specifically designed for young people can be found in the podcast description together with some self-help resources. I hope you'll join me for our next episode. Until next time, keep well. Goodbye.